Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary. It's a podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts or hosts. My name is Alex Croson. Did you forget the T in hosts? I, I, I said hosts. So yeah, hosts. Yeah. Nice. I'm the other host, Casey Clapp. Wow. Good to see you, everyone. Hello, everybody. We can, we, we're we watching. Yeah, we are. We can see every one of you. Casey and I are, are kind of like Santa Claus in that yeah. in that way, and a few other ways. Yeah, a few other ways. We are. Yeah. yeah thank you for making sure that everyone yeah. knew that, Alex. We're both jolly. We're both quite uh, uh, enamored by candy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that part of his lore that he loves candy? I feel like it, isn't it? Might be thinking of the Easter Bunny. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I get them confused often. Or are they the same person? Oh, my God. Now, that's a conspiracy waiting to happen. Yeah. Of all the conspiracies we're going to be talking about today, that's my favorite. I love a conspiracy that nobody cares about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, Alex, you're going to love this episode. It's like top three are like 9-11, JFK assassination, <laughs> and are Santa and the Easter Bunny the are same Santa person? Santa and the Easter Bunny the same person? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Casey. Alex Croson, good how day. You, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm doing, I'm excited. I'm excited for today. Yes, me too, man. Yeah, this is, uh, this is good. Everything's, everything's feeling good. Feeling really good. Great, me too. How about you? Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. My nice, sh- nice shirt. I Hey, thank you. I'm I'm donning my uh, my completely arbitrary T-shirt. You can get yeah. your own at uh, arbitrarypod.com/slash/merch. Uh, if you can't handle looking so good, I guess don't go. But yeah, you know, if you think you got the chops, what do you want to look dumb? <laughs> come to our store. No, opposite. Oh, geez, don't come to our store. <laughs> Uh, Casey, I'm also excited for today. Should we should we let the people know what's happening today? Yeah, we're talking about a Catalpa. Well, yes, we're talking about the Catalpa. Woo! Way to pull that plug. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, also, we're recording another episode with our friends. Yeah, uh, from another podcast, and that that's going to be on our Patreon. Uh, I believe. Let's see. It came out three months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're listening to this on release day, yeah, go get it. It's it's so good. Like it's it was so much fun. Yes, it's going to be and was and is so good. <laughs> uh, I love our meta time in our uh, podcast. I know sometimes you it just you don't like it. It's like it's like podcasting 101. You should never like date the episode. Ah, yeah, but that's true. I just did it myself. So hey, sorry. What are we? Casey, today we're talking about a tree as we do every episode, and the tree we're talking about today, as you as you teased, I'll say, mm-hmm. is the southern 
Catalpa. East Southern Catalpa. I just closed out the uh, the opening for the Northern Catalpa because I was oh. deciding which one should we do. Putting that to rest. Yeah, it's to rest now. It's closed out. The Southern Catalpa. Catalpa, big noneoides. One more time. Uh, Catalpa, big noneoides. Big noneoides. Yeah, isn't that great? That is delightful. Have you seen how to spell it? Huh? It, ha- have you seen how it's spelled? Can I take a guess? You may. B I G. Yep. N O N. Yep. I. Yep. O D E S. Ah, you forgot another I after the O. O I D E S. Yeah, big no neoides. Big no neoides. Yeah, isn't that great? That's one of my favorites, I would it's say. It's one of my two. When I was deciding, should we do the northern or southern catalpa? Uh-huh. That was the thing. I was like, I want to say big no neoides on the microphone. And hey, speaking of southern catalpa. Yes, sir. Uh, this tree the genus is the name of the species yes Uh, the southern magnolia precisely it's so nice i it makes me so happy yeah that's a lot of fun when that happens yeah it's a lot of fun you don't have to memorize several different things you just got it you already know it if you know it you know it it makes glyptostravoides look like a piece of shit yeah it sure does like what is that redwood oh geez there's so much there not into it baby casey as we do every episode let's imagine that you and i hey how about this we're walking to get some pasta oh. at Portland restaurant Montalupo. Yep. And just outside, there is a, what I would categorize as a legendary, mm. a monstrous Strictly. Southern Catalpa tree. Yep. I believe that is the case, and I'll tell you why I believe that in a second. Okay. Uh, Casey, let's ID this tree. Let's do it. So the Catalpa is a gorgeous tree. Hell yeah. That's what you see when you walk like closer to it. You're like, oh my God stunning mm-hmm. the the big thing is you're walking into it and it has these big floppy leaves and they're like the size of an elephant's ear yeah and they're really like like big that's the best way to do it like the palm <laughs> of your hand is not is not big enough to have them to to go around it this thing it's is three palms i would say it's, yeah it's a good three palms and the the three palm leaves are obviously arranged along the twig. I want to make a correction. Oh, I don't want to call them three palm leaves because I think it might be confusing. Ah, because they you palm, palm like palm trees. Yes, yeah, I see. Yes, these are three hand palm size leaves. Yes. Uh sure. It's a little clunky. Don't you want to add yeah. another thing instead of taking something away. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, sometimes it, it clarifies it. I don't know. I like elephant ear. All right, let's go elephant ear. And I'm speaking strictly of the kind you get at the fair. Right. Yep. Their leaves are covered in cinnamon sugar. <laughs> <There's>, it's amazing. <laughs> no, they, there's no cinnamon sugar, sadly. They're just kind of like a, a limeish green color. Mm-hmm. And they are, because they're so big and floppy, when you're walking up to the tree, like from afar, they, they kind of have this like layered kind of appearance where you have this big floppy thing kind of laying on top of this big floppy thing with a little air in between. Yeah. And so they don't really have like a very... Um, delicate shape they they're very like big disky kind of trees where they just have these big like like they kind of uh stack on top of each other in my in my opinion it looks like a pile of leaves it does yeah like that would you would find on the ground that's a great description yeah except they're in the air happily growing yes yeah and the the tips of these leaves are, are very pointed so they kind of like angle down with these tips uh that you know that we call them drip tips they're not, tips. Yeah, have you ever heard this? No, but I, it sounds like something a young person would say. Oh, yeah, it's what they get on their hair or something, right? Yeah, it's 
that fool's got drip tips. Yeah, that's perfectly it. You sound just like a young person. Uh, they it's a it's essentially the term they use for like tropical plants, and they have this like little pointed tip in the water it hits the leaf and then goes off and drips okay. right off the tip. Okay. So all a lot of plants have it, so it's not really unique to the tropics, but all tropical plants tend to have this kind I of thing, see. like many of them. So the Catalpa's got this. It's adorable, and it has, they're oppositely or tri-oppositely arranged around the stem. Tri-oppositely. Yeah, it's kind of, it's not necessarily the the right term. I should oh. probably use world is really the right idea. Because okay. you have alternate opposite than anything that is all coming from the same node at the same time that's uh-huh. more than two. You'd probably call that world, which is a, a W-H-O-R-L-E. Well, that explains why they look so full. Yeah, right. Instead of your normal, what I would say, normal average two leaf opposite sure, arrangement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got, we got, we got a three leaf three opposite leaves. arrangement here. That's exactly right. That's cool. So they have these big twigs. They grow really widely spaced, and it's really like it, it has its handsomeness to it. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's not the cleanest of trees. Before we move on from the leaf, I want to I want to throw one other term in there. Ooh, these leaves do. are chordate. Ah, yes, they are. Great job. They're heart shaped, which means heart shaped. Yeah. Exactly right. I did skip over that. Almost perfectly so. Yeah, they really are, and that's kind of one of the things about them is they they tend not to uh, not to get a little extra lobe on it. The um, the other one that's common is the northern catalpa, which is catalpa speciosa, hmm. and that tends to get a little bit of a uh, a second or third um, little pointed tip on the side. So you would call it a low, but it's more like just a, a kind of one point kind of thing. Like a mitten formation? Yeah, but like a mitten with the smallest thumb you've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, and the smallest fingers, I have to admit, also. But the leaves are still huge, but it's just this tiny little like bloop, bloop, and that's it. Interesting. Yeah. So they ha- they have a slight pubescence, a little hairy um, on the on the veins, especially on the on the bottom side, and they have these uh, big terminal clusters of flowers called a panicle, and it's just gorgeous. Basically, a panicle is like a uh, a set of flowers that goes up and then has branches that come off and then branches from that. So they come up and they go pop 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 and they look like a big uh, circular kind of cone triangle looking shape, mm. and they are. So beautiful. Yeah, man. I just think they're great. They're like these big tube flowers that kind of come out and have this like purple throat and then this white sheath of petals that go around it. Wow. Well and they said, just kind Casey. Of open up. Oh, I love them. Have you seen these pictures? I'm, yes. I don't know if I've ever seen, I, I know of the Southern, I, I have seen a Southern Catalpa in real uh-huh. life, but I don't think it was blooming. Oh, yeah. It's when it's blooming, it's stunning. It yeah. Really these, is. these, uh, flowers are something else, man. Yeah, they really are. They're just, they're so beautiful. And you don't really think twice about them. And then when you like sit down and look at them for a second, you're like, wow. Yeah. That is, that's actually really, really stunning. I feel like a lot of the trees we cover have kind of utility flowers. Yeah. Oh, they totally do. Um, this is not a utility. This is mm. a, this is an aesthetic flower. That's exactly right. And I will say also the inside of the flower. Yeah. Um, it looks like modern art or something. Like oh. it's, it looks like somebody designed it and painted uh, it. Yeah, it does. It, I, you could see this in a puzzle or something. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, that is that's really the thing that stuns about this tree, other than 
the bark and the uh, the the way the whole tree grows. I should say before we get there, the fruit of this looks like a pea pod. It okay. is it is not a pea pod. It is in fact like a long pod that has seeds in it that look like little mustaches, like like you know the Lorax's mustache. Yeah. Where it like comes out and it's really wispy on the ends, but it's very like horizontal almost. Mm-hmm. That is what the fruit looks like. It's these little like papery seeds with these very like rather the seeds are not papery. They have si- seeds with these papery uh, growths along it, like these little wings. Yeah, and they lay down all next to each other, laying perpendicular or parallel to each other inside this little pea pod. And you break this little pea pod open, then they go flutter, 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 and they flutter away. So it's not technically a pea pod, but it looks just like a pea pod. So everyone thinks that they are pea pods. What is it technically? It is just a pod. It's a it's another potted fruit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the fruits would be just long pods, are what we'd call them. So I'm trying to think if they would be um, anything else. I don't think there's any other like term we could use for it. It's just a it's just a pod. That's fine. Yeah. So I yeah I'm trying to think. I they they split a, open on their own, right? Y- they do. Yeah. Okay. They split open, and I think they have uh, two or three um, suture lines. So they will break and kind of open up and split oh. in a couple of ways, and then those seeds now are very papery and dried out, and they just go flutter, 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 and flutter away. Yeah. They're really lovely, but they they're kind of like, eh, who cares? We'll we'll see those later. You see a tree that lost its leaves in the fall. It has all these long stringy pods hanging from it. Yeah. But the bark on this tree wow. is really what sells me. The bark and the form of it, they tend to be, they people say not long-lived. I've heard uh, people say they're kind of brittle-wooded and kind of throw a little shade at them. Mm. I think they're spectacular trees. I think their bark grows up and it has this utility and this like gorgeousness to it, kind of like a ponderosa pine where it's really there to solve a problem, but it also has this like, this attractiveness to it. It's just un, un it's just sublime. You can't really describe it. Let's try. Let's do our dangdest. So they they usually come up with a, a kind of dark brownish, grayish outer bark. Yeah. And then as the tree grows, it gets this really like bright orange bark in the new areas inside the furrows between these ridges, mm. you know? And so you get this like dark gray with these like the highlights of orange in between. Wow. And it tends to like circle and, and arc around, like rotate around the tree where they grow up and circle around. Oh, so it doesn't, the, the like the um, striations, is that the right word? Yeah, I think you could go that or, far. What, what, what is a striation again? Um, a striation in my understanding is more, uh, it, it would define something more where it's a really thin bark tree with like the same ridges like it's the same formation uh-huh. that you get with a ridge or a furrow where the bark's kind of splitting uh-huh. but a striation is really really thin like it's it's a ridge oh. or a furrow that is like really really thin okay i guess i was using that i was using that correctly in my yeah. as i thought but it's maybe not like uh anyway the so it does this looks like the furrows are like uh twisted as, um, it, as it goes up like a spiral yeah, staircase exactly yeah or it looks like the whole grain of the tree kind of goes up why does and, it and grow curves. like that well a lot of trees grow that way in situations where there are uh forces that are making it twist 
So it's mm. not that it twists the tree. It's that once you get twisted, you get little cracks in the in the wood uh-huh. that then are in a twisted, it's a torsional crack system because when trees have wind hit them, they bend backwards, but they also rotate left and right. So you get this like rotational bend, like the wave of the queen. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And so that little rotational bend then makes those same kind of rotational breaks. So then the tree has to respond and then build these little extra rotational um, wood that takes on this rotational pattern because that's where the the wood was damaged. So when it repairs it, it repairs the damage. It then gets this funny looking grain. So once it, once it starts bending like that or twisting Mm -hmm. like that, it can't, it can't, it has to just live like that. No, no, no. If it stops blowing, uh, if it stops having the, that little damage, like uh-huh. that stimulus, then it stops growing that way. Then oh. it just starts straightening its grain out because now it's just growing straight grain tree where it's just bending very little. It's just going for it. I see. The other thing is it does build strength. I think the example I give is holding a piece of paper upright and it's just going to flop over. But if you wrote, like you scrunch it up and you twist it into mm-hmm. a light, nice little tight spiral, you can hold it up really, oh. really strong. So it creates a, a lot more strength for the tree itself. So you see it on trees that usually grow in wildly high wind areas. Uh-huh. So a catalpa generally doesn't do that. It just kind of has a twisty effect to it. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know why it does it, but that's just the way it grows, I suppose. Yeah. However, the other thing about it is that they just tend to not decay. And if they do decay, then they, they, or they get a wound on them or something, uh-huh. they will continually grow and connect. So you can wound one really hard and it will be like, meh, I'm fine. And it'll just keep on growing from all these other connections, build up these new like ribs coming around, trying to close over those wounds. Uh-huh. So you get like on old trees, you get this really like um, interesting rotational bark that's dead over here that's not over there that's really thick that has these like striations in it and they're mm. just very striking to me wow yeah so i i want to say i think your striation comment makes sense it's just a matter of, pers- of depth you know so you can have oh a deep striation is generally called a furrow a non-one right. which is called striation so yeah. i think it's it's all it's, it's uh, six dozen six here a dozen there six uh six here six uh one way half a dozen the other <laughs> there we go we got there you know what's interesting about you, Casey? It's, what? You know, I when I can't think of what to say, I stop speaking <laughs> so I can think. Where are you going? <laughs> are you saying I also do you that? You talk through your thoughts. I think I've just yeah. learned. I've just learned the words to put to this phenomenon. Sorry, uh, well, it's not a bad thing. It's but it, it does stress me out. I I know it does. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to say this on mic. I can edit that out. No, never do. Never do. <laughs> Casey's blushing. I know it's because I'm like, well, yeah, I do. I talk through my thoughts. I have to learn how to not talk through my thoughts because then I'm like, okay, someone might get really mad if I do. If I talk through, oh, here's where I'm coming to this conclusion. Sometimes I have to be like. Do this internally, Casey. Well, you're just doing what they taught us to do in middle school, which is to write out your process. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But so, you're doing it verbally. Yes, thanks. Okay, so yes, the striation deal may be on point, but you just different term, just a slightly yeah. bastardized version of the term. Precisely. Okay, moving on from that. Moving on. So that's that's essentially, I think that's how you could identify the catalpa. Great. These big, giant leaves. They don't get very tall, maybe like 40 or 50 feet tall. These are low, low kind of wide-growing trees. Uh-huh. The one that uh, we were talking about, walking under near uh, our restaurant, Monte Lupa. Yeah, Lupo. Uh, Lupo. Uh, that is a 
old one. Like it must be three or four feet in diameter. It's growing along the street. It's a big one. It's underneath power lines. It's right over building the the restaurant building next door. Uh, I think it's a PIF, E-P-I-F. Hmm. Um, they actually cut their building facade yes. out on the top so the branch didn't have to be removed and they could build their building right underneath yeah, it. Yeah, instead of trimming the tree, they trimmed the building. Mm. Pretty. That's so... That's so that is so Portland. Yeah. It's like, all, that's such a specific... Like, it's so good. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about, like, European tree care? Like, the idea yes. of that? It's like, I think that's on the realm where it's like, no, this tree's so much more important and permanent than this building. Yeah. Let's just cut the building out. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's just yeah. a little piece of the facade. It's not like yeah. a... Instru- uh, not a... Um, uh, integral part of the building. Yeah, exactly. If we, if we, uh, yeah, if I can find my picture of it, we'll, we'll post it with this episode. God, it's just a beautiful tree. It is. It's so beautiful, and, and it grows like it grows up. Like it's, it's not. It's kind of tall. I mean, it's not like super tall. Maybe it's tall for a catalpa. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it is. It's not huge. Yeah, but it grows mostly out. I mean, it's, yeah. it's sprawling. Well, and half that's because it's underneath the power line, so it can't really grow up. It has to continue growing. Wow. Out. And then the um, there's a big branch break. Um, couple years ago whole branch fell off and then a bunch of arborists got together and were like we cannot cut this tree down this is an amazing tree we can retain it mm-hmm. and the city I, I consulted with one of my other uh city um arborists and we were like can we remove it can we keep it like what it is what what's the best thing here and so i was brought in and we basically sat down and like independently did an assessment on this tree for the situation read over some reports from some other private arborists and we decided yes we can we can keep this tree yeah because it, it's just such an amazing old tree and these arborists came and they said we can do this and they did an incredible job pruning the tree you're gonna have to always come back but it still has like even though it's lost this giant limb and it's been pruned back severely because you had to reduce the weight and like do these certain things to it it still is this massive huge spreading tree yeah it's 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 truly i mean we we went there one night for dinner and i I was just so taken aback. Like I had never seen a tree like that. Yeah, it's that's the catalpa thing. You've yeah. never seen a tree like that, even though you've seen a hundred trees bigger, taller, wider, everything. Yeah, but for whatever reason, a catalpa has that je ne sais quoi. I'd like to give a out an award here. Oh, okay, please do to uh, the catalpa leaf. Ah, I would like to give the catalpa <sighs> leaf a cross and stump of approval. Fagoosh. Yeah. that's so good. Honestly, I want to hear. Uh, I wanted to hear like a, an applause. Like we have an award. Everyone, hold on. Yeah. And like bring out a, a pedestal and all this stuff. It's like a, a bronze stump. A bronze stump. Now that, that's going to be something. We'll, we'll send out the stumpies. The Stumpy stumpies, yeah. Casey. Put that on the long list of what we're going to be wow. doing. Wow, copywriting that. Yeah, please do. So the uh, the Catalpa, uh, as, as you said, uh, or as we said earlier, the name of it is Catalpa Bignonioides, right? Yeah. Now, that is named after the Bignonia, and the Bignonia is what we used to call the scientific name for the trumpet vine. Have you seen these? Boy, I don't know. There's, I, I guess bet, I'll Google it. Yeah, I bet you you have, um, but there are these gorgeous um, uh, vining plants that come up with these really long flowers that look like trumpets, like these long tubes that come out with these open uh, open flowers. They look very similar to the catalpa flower. They do. I've se- I have seen these, Casey. You know yeah. where I've seen them? Where? In the garden scene in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, my God. All the flowers <laughs> sing to her. Yeah, I was like, are they actually trumpets at that point? I think they might. <laughs> yeah, I think they might be. Okay, yeah. Well, that is uh, that is the... They used to be Bignonia. Now, uh, that 
is Campsis radicans is the name of the the trumpet vine. Oh wow, they changed it. Yeah, so they changed the genus. However, the family still exists. I don't know what Bignonia is now, but Bignonia, Bignoniaceae is the family of Catalpas. Mm-hmm. And the family of Catalpas has almost exclusively uh, vining things in the tropics. There's also some, mm. uh, some like little herb kind of plants that grow here. And but the whole family, they're all very closely related. Like Pinaceae, the pine family, mm-hmm. they're all really, really closely related. And you can see the differences and the similarities. You know, pretty simply, pretty easily. You can do the same thing with everything in the Big Noniaceae. However, there are only eleven species of Catalpa that we know of. And those are flowering trees, and they're big trees. They're they're usually tall shrubs uh, or trees in in their own right. Mm-hmm. And the thing about their whole family is that the rest of it is all these vines called lianas. Have you heard of of that term? Uh, no. Well, yeah, you've seen. Have you seen Tarzan? Yes. You know how in the tropics, like the classic thing is these big vines uh-huh. coming from the trees? Yeah. Those are lianas. Lianas are swinging vines. They are, exactly. They're uh, a lot of um, figs and tropical other things. Casey, lianas. I, I, the, I started picturing this in my head and I thought, oh, that sounds like a strangler fig, like an yeah. aerial root. Exactly. It's So it's, it's the opposite of the aerial root, though, in that it's not coming from the top down. It is a vine growing up wow. the side of the tree. But the one thing about it, it's very similar to um, wisteria. It gets woody as hell. Like it's not mm. a, it's not a thing that's just like, well, let's just like grow up and stay really thin. They become these big honking pieces of wood. It's like a long vertical branch. Yeah, exactly. And it circuitously goes up into the canopy till it finds its place. Some will send out tendrils, some kind of spiral around stuff, and some have actual radicans, which are little roots that connect onto the top of something. Yeah. They don't suck any nutrients. It's like English ivy. They just hold on to it. Okay. So that is the the thing about this whole family is that there appears that this family, Bignoniaceae, has what's called a uh, rather is what's called a clade. You're familiar with that term, right? Yes. Now, clade is. Can you explain it so everyone knows? A, yeah. I, so a clade is the on the family tree uh-huh. of species. Yeah. Where if you clip it off, this is this is what you've taught taught me. It's, yeah. If you clip it off, uh-huh. uh huh. A clade at, at any point, a clade is everything on the branch that you clipped off. Exactly. So it's like perfect. It's not like a so like all pines are a part of a clade. Yes, exactly. And but then, then it, like if you take it a step up, uh. All trees are part of a clade. No. <laughs> Alex. I really, I took a swing, Casey. I'm so happy you took that swing. Wow. Because today we're talking about the reason that that last statement uh-huh. that you just said is patently false. Hey, I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more after the break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Southern Catalpa. We're also talking the big noni ACA family. Yes, precisely. Before the break, you teased the fact that the Catalpa is a bit of a black sheep of the family. Uh huh. As most of these things in this family, yeah, are vines, yes, flowers, mm-hmm. little Casey, herbs, little herbs yeah. in the jungle. Casey, what's happening here? Well, you you remember last week? I said that uh, next week we're going to be talking about some pedantic bullshit. Yes, that's right. But then I just said that your statement of uh, all trees are clayed is patently false. Yeah. So that is. That is what we're talking about today. So taxonomy, last week's episode, yes, we basically said you can see and, and, and naturally put things into groups based on what they look like, right? And, yeah. and taxonomy historically has been this, like, uh, this thing where you look at the, the characteristics of a plant. The, the fruit and the flower is what most people would do now. And we would look at those characteristics and we'd say, well, hey, that's, that looks like this, therefore it is this. And then we'd put it into a family and we'd add it into this categorization network that we already have. Mm-hmm. So if you try to do that and you'd say, well, what we're going to do is, uh, or what we have assumed is all the plants are part of like one group. All the mammals are part of one group and all these other things are part of one group. And those represent clades where at one point, theoretically, there was a mammal, a thing that would have been a mammal or a precursor to a mammal that then mammals developed from. The proto-mammal. The proto-mammal. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then... That represents a clade where there's that one single common ancestor okay. that b- produced all the mammals. So the wow. mammalian things like having and producing milk, having hair, those things developed one single time. Hmm. And then everything that is that has those characteristics, those all came from that one time, that one time it, it evolved. Okay. Trees... And famously, fish is where this uh, this people have talked about ah. are not quite the same. Everyone would say, ah, that's a fish. It, it's in the water. It's it's a fish. And it's like, okay, well, is it a fish? Is it? Did they? Was there one proto fish? And then all fish came from that one proto fish uh-huh. and you know theoretically we're really simplifying it but obviously that's well, yeah. kind of what we're doing here that's what we do yeah thank you um the 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 answer it turns out is no where if you take a uh, the example i found was a lungfish okay. it looks like a fish it acts like a fish obviously it has this like this big thing into it that is um a it, it looks like it has a weirdness to it, right? Good God. Yeah, it looks kind of like an eel, doesn't it? It looks like an eel catfish, but then, like, I also see this photo or this, like, illustration of it out of the water, just yeah. on a white background. I see that. Like, it's it looks like it's, like, things are on the ground or something. It looks like a fucking, like, alien race. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, it looks it looks pretty much like, pretty much like a fish, but Yeah, it looks right? like a fish, yeah. 
So the uh, there's there's also a um, there's one of these little things, and we just this is from uh, Britannica, the African lungfish. There is the Devinian lungfish, and which they found, I guess, in in some. Uh, uh, it's probably from the Devinian period, so it's probably found in fossils. Oh wow! And then they have the South American lungfish, the African lungfish, and the Australian lungfish. They all look like fishes. Like you would look at them, like yeah, that's a fish. Yeah. Turns out that this is actually more closely related to a camel than it is a salmon. Casey, what's what what? Yeah, Alex, there you go. That's so. I don't fake news. <laughs> well, you want fake news, Alex? What about if I tell you birds aren't real? Okay. Well, we we've received some emails. <laughs> about this okay all right i'll admit the last one was a literal troll and i've i've uh, i've i've seen the things i don't even i don't even bother to dive into it because i know it's gonna be pedantic <laughs> bullshit yeah okay well i well, let's take a real quick left turn uh have you heard actually about this movement that birds don't exist uh, like an actual like kind of flat Earth conspiracy that birds don't exist, kind of, and that they're like they're like cameras yes. used by the FBI. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll put a, net, a thing to this. Last night I was driving home. I was getting ready for this episode, uh-huh. and then the story came on uh, the Daily from New York Times, and I, I listened to it, and it is literally this guy who started this movement, uh, which is by movement in quotes, called "Fish Aren't or Birds Aren't Real." Yeah. And he did it because he was just like went to a protest and just like held up a random sign, just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to join. What am I going to say? And he wrote this down. Birds aren't real. Okay. And he created this entire idea. Yes. And then it like took off in like 2016. Everyone was like, yeah, birds aren't real. But it's like a fake, a fake misinformation campaign to kind of like draw the attention about wow. other real like fake information campaigns. It's a conspiratorial conspiracy. Yes. But the guy knows it's a joke. He, yes. he's doing it as a joke. Everyone who's involved, it's, it's kind of ironic. Like, yeah, it's one of those ironic internet things where if you're if you're into it and you get it, you're you kind of get it. Yeah, it 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 kind of ring. It, it has the it has the flavor of something yeah. that somebody made up to be a, a to, for some like comedy purpose, right? Because this is not um uh like this is not pedantic bullshit. Birds exist. Yes, and in fact, birds are a clade. Every bird that is a bird came from the proto bird. A bird. Yes. So birds are real. They're not government things, and it's it's a hilarious uh, thing. But it's also like very well done in terms of like wow, this you're actually accomplishing something. So back on the road, go listen to uh this thing. We'll po- we'll post a thing to it. It's the daily from February 9th, I believe. Okay. But so. Sorry, I was just trying to. You were getting pushed, and I wanted to like make sure you fell off that edge of you know what's real, what's not real. Right. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. That last one was a fake push. It's it's not real. Birds are, in fact, real and they exist. Okay. So if I had looked into it, I would have I would have yeah. immediately learned that it was a joke. Exactly. All right. And then there's another flat Earth thing where you found this actually when I first brought this up, mm-hmm. where the flat Earthers basically. Um, and this is another. This is from the Atlantic. It says flat Earthers have a wild new theory about forests. Where they say real trees in quotes no longer exist at all, and they take mesas and uh, the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. If you look that up, you'll see, and it's this old volcanic um, thing that looks like a tree stump, like it looks like oh, a yeah. gigantic tree stump. Looks like uh, the the stump of Yggdrasil. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. So some people apparently back again in 2016 when everything when it was the height of conspiracies, um, they said that 
um, essentially that is the size that trees used to be. And with some crazy thing that happened like millions of years ago, you know, this bad demon, whatever, um, they cut down all the big trees, took them away. And they're like, you know, some extraterrestrial thing and all of the rock, every mountain, everything that exists is in fact a, uh, an old piece of wood in some way that is now just slowly decaying and it's all it's turned into rock hmm. it's kind of a funny thing uh, read through that article we'll also post that i, I have to interrupt with something yes. from my world casey please, please do uh and when i say my world i mean the world of warcraft uh-huh. which i do not play anymore uh-huh hey it's okay if you do i almost had a relapse last week oh god because i needed to escape reality <laughs> <laughs> but i held true to myself uh in world of warcraft one of the playable races is the Night Elf. Okay. The Night Elves come from a place called Teldrassil or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you start playing a Night Elf in the starting zone of mm-hmm. the RPG, you know, you, you run, it's a big forest. Yeah. And, and glittery and glowy, you know, an avatar-like place, right? Yeah. And you're doing quests, whatever. You go to the next little zone and you're doing the quest there. Then you like go down a road and you're still in the same forest. And when you hit the map button to look at your map, yeah, when you get to this certain place, you'll you'll notice that the edge of the continent you're on is the edge the 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 margin of a tree stump. Oh, and you learn no way. that this entire's I mean miles and miles of zone uh, exist on the on the on the base of a tree stump. That is so funny. Yeah, it's great. And then, like, shit. it's one of those like, oh shit! Oh. Like you realize, you yeah. know, an hour into the game that you're 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 existing on the top of a giant tree stump. That is exactly what they're talking about in this article. Dude. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it looks much like this. Yeah. It was, so they say trees don't exist because all the trees, just like in in this uh, this world. Is there though they look to us like trees? It would be like a piece of grass from an ant. Right. Like, yeah, it's huge, but like to everything else in that relativity, it's not. It's tiny. Sure. Yeah. So that's yeah. They, it's a perfect example. Your world, our world, they collide. There you have it. However, we're gonna get back to what we're actually talking about. Boo! It, oh come on, everyone, everyone, sit down, sit down, sit down. I want to talk about Darnassus. <laughs> Is that the name of the land? It's the name of the the night elf capital city. Oh, okay. So, all right. This is why it's pedantic. Have you heard of the idea of cladistics? Cladistics, I'm assuming no, but I'm assuming it has to do with clades. It does. Okay. So, in that in our last week's story about taxonomy, we basically said, well, we're going to put all these things in the families, and everyone wants to get that right. So they took the um, the cypresses and they ripped them apart and they put them back together and they said, well, where do they land? Right. How are those branches on the family tree oriented? What do they look like? And you know what? They're grafting branches on the family tree. Yeah, they totally are all the time. And that's when that's the mad scientists. Wow. You, yeah, you can't include them on the family tree. You got to cut them out. Right. Like a disease. <laughs> so the uh, the family tree, and we'll use this reference, I think, because it's easy, is uh, essentially the cladistics say you cannot include something in a group or a clade, and the clade, as these taxonomists are trying to figure out how do we come, become a science, cladistics, these people who study this and mm-hmm. like are taxonomists in the most like modern sense of the term, they say... Everything needs to be organized by like scientific molecular clades. 
You cannot put something if it is not close enoughly related, which I still don't know like what the degrees of difference are. Like, you know, oh. how if they are really close related or they're kind of close related, or they're like very distantly related. Like, where's the line there? So the cladistic people are talking DNA. Essentially, yeah. They want to like test the DNA of all these, but instead of saying this looks enough like this to put in this family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They want to make sure that everything is the only, the only way, and they are very firm about this, uh-huh. the only way that you can say that something is accurately placed on this family tree of life yeah. is by the clade. So if you, if you clip something Everything below that must be in that order. If you don't, then that term doesn't exist because it's not real. So this is where people come down to the trees and the fish, where a group, like if we said um, as a uh, as a taxonomic group, mm-hmm. you have trees and you have grasses and you have this and you have that. Uh, you have fish, you have birds. As taxonomic groups... They would say, and this is where they, the pedanticness comes through, that that grouping does not exist as a taxonomic phylogenetic singularity. Does that make sense? Oh boy! You see, you okay? So I'm I'm seeing a click where you're just like, no, oh, I see what you're saying. Opposite. No, I don't understand. Okay, let me give you the. Example. I don't understand these people. Yeah, well, they're. I don't they're, understand this concept. It's the pedanticness of it, where you have to really like dumb yourself down okay. and be like, what exactly are you saying here? I'm putting myself on their level. So the catalpa, why we chose this tree is because essentially there is a big family of plants. And some of those plants evolved to become a tree, but most of them stayed as these weird vines. A couple of them are these large things. And so this is the noni- noniaceae. Yeah, big noniaceae. Okay. Yeah. So then the question is, what was first? What was the very first big noniaceae family member? Okay. Was it a tree? And then the other things evolved away from trees to el- to uh, lianas, and then down to a shrub. Essentially, as this article that um, we're going to do, which also I should note, came from my good friend Gabe, who uh, sent me this article. And this is like, you know, it's got these wheels really spinning. Shout out to Gabe. Shout out, Gabe. Uh, which came first, the dandelion or the redwood is kind of the question they have. So mm. in what we're talking about here, was the first big ACA was that a small little herb that then became lianas that then became a tree? Was it a tree that then became lianas and then became an herb? Was it a liana that then split off and became a tree and split off and became an herb? Sure. So essentially, it's evolving different strategies. Strategy A, tree. Strategy B, liana. Strategy C, herb okay and the aster family has this as well there are tree-like asters but asters are also the same thing that are dandelions and uh daisies those are all in the aster family also didn't didn't we mention a couple weeks ago the tea family yeah 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 it's like some some herby plants and mm -hmm. some trees yeah and like some shrubs some bigger trees exactly so that's that's where we're getting at so when you think about clades if you want to include something in a clade in a cohesive group then you have to be, it has to be in a clade. That's what the cladistics uh, okay. are arguing. So when you're thinking about it, like, okay, sure, trees are a clade. As you said before, like a tree is a clade. They would be like, no, right, not in any way. And here's why. If you take everything that is a tree and you put that into a pile, 
or rather you want to clip off the branch that includes everything that is a tree, you also have to include everything that is a grass, everything that is a shrub, oh. everything that is a uh, small herb, dogwoods. There's a little tiny herb dogwood called cornus. It's called bunchberry, cornus canadensis. Huh. It does not get more than like two inches tall. But and it's yet, related to the dogwood. Exactly, which gets huge, you yeah. know, 80 feet, really woody. Interesting. So that is their problem where they say, if you want to include one thing, if you want to include all fish, all the things that we call fish, uh-huh. the lungfish, then you also have to include all the mammals and all the camels and all the other things because those have a branch that connects further down the line on the tree than the branch that connects those things back to fish and all the rest of the fish things. Interesting. Okay, so... Oh, that's what you meant when you said a lungfish is more closely related to a camel because yes. they're in the same clade. Yes, they share a more closely related clade. Well, and, and you can make a clade anything. It's just you have a branch that splits off. Uh-huh. You could cut it on any one of those splits all the way down oh, to you know okay. the tiniest little thing. A clade is not... Okay, I, I, I think the problem here... The reason I'm not following all that closely uh-huh. is because I have a, a few fundamental misunderstandings. Ah, okay. Let's see if we can, we can uh, dial them back. A clade, misunderstanding number one, correction. Yeah. A clade is not like family, genus, species. It's not like a defined thing. Yes. A clade can be any size of group. Yes. Anywhere on the family tree. Correct. Okay. Yes. That so it's a clade is just a broad term, a non-specified term that means any group of living things that are all all share one common ancestor. Yes. Correct. Which is so a clade could be every living thing in the world because we all have a shared ancestor. Boom. That's, that's like a clade, baby. Yes. Okay. All plants are clade. Yes. And then as you start to split that down, go down, say, okay, let's let's now take all plants and then take a, a left towards gymnosperms. Uh-huh. Those are all a clade. Go, the, go right towards the angiosperms. Those are all a clade. Okay. But then once you start branching out from there, the branches get really complicated. Yes. Okay. And, so yeah. we have these big, we have these big hallmark clades, the primordials yeah. at the top. That's exactly right. And then we have, <laughs> I'm pointing to this, this <laughs> giant family tree of Greek mythology behind me. Uh, at the top, which is like angiosperm, gymnosperm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Let's and, just let's say it. I don't. I don't want to say one hundred percent yes because we're talking so pedantically. Someone's going to be like, oh, I don't. Know. So seventy yes, percent, generally. <laughs> um, and then a little bit further down, they get more complicated because the lines start to blur a little bit. Yes, okay. exactly. Now I'll, I'm going to show you this thing right here, and this is from our last week's episode. Okay, Casey is showing me a graph of sorts. Yes, they call it a phylogram. A phylogram. Yeah, which is a phylogeny descriptor. It and, looks like a sports br- like betting bracket. Yeah, exactly. And it's color-coded, and those colors represent clades. Okay. So this one is the blue one, and that is these certain cypress trees up here. Uh-huh. Those all are connecting like this bracket where you follow the bracket back to the single ancestor where they split off. So way up here, there's kind of these two big clades, and they call these uh, parapoletic, which means they they both go next to each other Uh as they're evolving, and then monophyletic, which means they all evolve from one thing. I think the problem with me, Casey, 
uh, not the problem with me. The problem <laughs> with my understanding of the subject uh-huh. is that it's scientific, but it's also pretty abstract. Yes, it really is. Um, because it's uh, and obviously, if, like people are arguing over it, like you know, nobody argues over the fact that gravity exists. Like yeah. that's that's something we can all agree on. But this kind of thing where science gets like people are like take different camps and shit. Yeah, apparently it, even in this there was very much like a, a break off from the modern cladis, cladis, cladists in uh-huh. the uh, in the the, uh, the, the old neo-cladists. school. Yeah, neoclatists and the old folk. Wow. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I I, I even 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 standing on the edge of that field, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I yeah. Don't, I don't want to go play. <laughs> I think that's totally reasonable, and that is that's. I mean, most people are turned off by that because they're yeah. like, yeah, you're just. You're being pedantic to be pedantic. Like that's the that's the pink, the thing that makes people be like, oh god, science is so stupid. I mean, cladism sounds kind of inherently pedantic. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> we have we already have a way to order all these things. Yeah, and that so, works really well, right? And all they're doing is they're saying, yes, we are still doing that same thing, uh-huh. but they're adding a level of scientific oh. rigor to it that means like, okay, if you're gonna get to this level of rigor, then you got to accept all these other things that come along with it the sort of um not assumptions but the if this then that uh-huh so if you want to go the scientific route that they're going and they're specifically doing it in a way that is we're going to do a molecular study and they also go down and do um what's called a uh evolutionary um uh, what is the term the molecular clock they use this hmm. hypothesis have you heard this no we talked about it for a second but i didn't have a really good descriptor of molecular what it molecular clock yeah and i we talked about this in the um the episode about hickories i said i didn't know when the hickories split off from the walnuts and i don't know uh-huh. how they figured it out but it turns out that this is what they do. It's a hypothesis that the DNA and protein sequences evolve at a rate that is relatively constant over time and throughout different species. Okay. So essentially, you can say, well, how many mutations have happened? Each one of them happened at an X amount of time. So if we see 20, 20 times X amount of time, it means that this is when they were probably together. Oh, so it's it's suggesting, the molecular clock is suggesting that evolution has like a tempo yeah exactly okay. yeah and that so it's it a theory relatively yeah and it kind of gives you an idea like okay i can estimate based on this assumed tempo okay and so in the they take this and they take the the like doing science and they like do all this cross dating it's like dna analysis all these different trees and things uh-huh. and then boom they come up with that phylo or phylogenetic graph that i showed you earlier that says okay per the numbers these two are most closely related to each other but these two are more closely related to this one more closely Blah, 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 blah. And then they go through the whole thing. Okay. So that is how you come up with this graph. And then that's when they say, so that's why we have to switch these things around. And that's where this is a is a clade within species. This is a clade within subspecies of species. Oh boy. This is a clade within subgenus. And then they add that all up to the big one that says this is a full clade of all these trees. Things outside of that should be their own thing over here. Or they're like more distantly evolved, even so. So that's oh. the that's why it's kind of important where you're like, okay, all right. Now, Alex, I know you're begging. What does this have to do with a catalpa? <laughs> Can I take a guess? You may. I think maybe and I'm I am seventy see your seventy your seventy thirty is that you have seventy correct and thirty maybe. Okay. Yeah. Mine I think is reversed. Yeah, all right, sure, sure. Uh so is it that maybe catalpas are not trees because they they're not part of a clade that 
also contains uh, not, trees or something? You're you're not quite there. Okay. Sorry, you're 30%. You're in your 70% right now. <sighs> I thought so. What it means is, or why we chose the catalpa, is because if you look at the plants in Big Noniaceae, mm-hmm. you say, you are all plants. You're all genetically, phylogenetically connected to one previous ancestor. Yeah. So you are one clade. But within that clade, some of you have evolved strategies that best work for your survival. You evolved the strategy to climb like a vine. You evolved the strategy to just stay really small, never put any work into developing lignin or anything that makes you big, strong, tough. Secondary xylem. You decided you're never going to do that. You're going to be a small herb. Okay. You over here, Catalpa, you took the evolutionary strategy of saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna grow wood, and then I'm going to get big, and I'm going to use that wood to self-support as opposed to the lianas that use it almost just to like, you know, keep themselves from falling or breaking apart. Right. So the idea in the cladistic sense of it, in where someone says trees don't exist, it's meaning in a phylogenetic sense, trees as a clade do not exist. Trees, the act of being a tree is a strategy of plant survival. It's not, in fact, a thing that developed and then there was a first tree and then every tree after that came from um. that. And they show this, uh, uh, we'll post another article where they uh, they talk about this, where in, um, they call it insular evolution, or I'm sorry, insular woodiness, where a bunch of like small herb plants grow on an island, uh-huh. and then over millions of years, those herb plants basically grow into trees and start developing tree-like things. They get their secondary xylem, which is the wood that puts on the rings. They grow upright, obviously, but they keep growing upright, and they put this extra tough wood on, and they become big and tall and strong. Then they are still within that same family, say the cornices, that cornice condensus, the bunchberry. If that bunchberry was put in a situation and given, given a couple million years, it might be like, I'm going to flip on this gene that woodies and lignifies my growth, and then I'm going to have my move some things around, and then I'll put my flowers at the end of these, these big woody stems rather than at this terminus of this little, little not woody stem. And, and become a dogwood tree. And become a dogwood tree, precisely. So, okay, I need to stop, Casey. We're done. We just need to stop for a second, and I need to process some things. Okay. What you're saying is that these these dirty cladists <laughs> are suggesting that trees aren't like, tree. the word tree mm-hmm. isn't like what we know as a word tree. It's not like a thing. Yeah. It's a strategy. Correct. It's a... T- it's a uh, it's a means of being a thing. It's not a car. It's a highway. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> it made sense when I said it. Yeah. Somebody will be like, yeah, man. <laughs> that is essentially what um, I'm saying. Okay. It's and a way of being. It's not a, it's not a being. It's a way of being. That is it. Alex. There we go. And that is that is the the pedantic bullshit of it, where when they say trees don't exist, (laughs) they mean it in this very specific, stupid context. It's clickbait. It totally is. It totally is, but it's such a good like there I'm reading like the University of Chicago Press Journals about you know You know what, Casey though? (laughs) After all that, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're a (laughs) Claytus. Well, that is, that's the, the end, like the, the not logical end, but that's the, 
the the ecosystem destruction of taxonomy yeah. where you follow it from its very beginnings where it has this gorgeous like the umvel where you're looking at it and you you put it all together and someone said well let's do it this one way and everyone's like that's a great way yes you have these folk taxonomies and all this like really interesting humanness of interacting with the world yeah and then you add in like the scientific rigor of computing and dna and all of a sudden you're like no 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 we're taking that out of your hands yeah. your immediate experience we're going to tell you if the dna tells us that this is a real thing and then we're going to completely destroy your entire like obvious knowledge about things mm. and it's like you guys are so uh, i get it fine but i'm not inviting you to my parties yeah for that's sure, a, yeah, that's we, we've we've reached we've reached uh, taxonomic Ragnarok. Yeah, we have. This is exactly. revelations. <laughs> yes, that this is perfect. And Judgment Day is coming, Casey. Let's give our review of the Southern Catalpa. Sounds good. Here's how it works. We're gonna give her some final thoughts on this here tree. That's right. Then we're gonna give it a cone score, zero to ten, golden cones of honor. I feel so bad for any new listeners what? who are like. Getting used to this idea. Oh God, no! That's psh, welcome. Uh, it's the good news is it's it's an easy thing to do. It's not. It, there's not like all right. If you're new, here are the rules, see, and like you have to explain these complex things. This is interesting because you say it's an easy thing to do. Uh huh. But we've gotten a lot of new people emailing oh. us saying, "I don't understand why you guys do the review part what's, at the end." What's the cone? <laughs> I don't get it. Doesn't that's it take fair. away from the the importance of the trees? Yes. To which I say, oh my god, yeah, that's the fucking point. <laughs> I know, uh, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not coming after anybody. Their cones are their own, just as ours. Exactly. Are ours. If everything has a ten, that is also okay. Or yeah. if everything has a zero, is that ultimately the same thing? <gasps> Listen, everything is fucking pointless. We all know this. Exactly. Casey, with that, <laughs> please. As a resident expert, we begin with you. Uh, makes me happy to say, hear you say everything's pointless after our intense conversation about the dynamics of d lists and organizations. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, doesn't it all come down to that, though? It does. It all comes down to it. Like, Nothing matters. The trees are all like, we, we already know this. Everyone yeah. knows this. Anyway. Nature's, nature is loose. Yeah. Nature is Don't loose. Don't try to put it in a box, man. Thank you, Alex. I won't. So let's see. To try to put this tree in a box that's uh, mm. that's uh, from a zero to a ten in terms of cones, yeah. which are golden and honorable. Yes. Here's what I say: the the catalpa, big nonioides, I love just as a tree. It's one of my top favorite trees. Whenever I see one in the in the city on the streets, I'm uh -huh. like, awesome, fantastic, great done. Every time I see a new one planted, I'm like. Thank you for taking a step that everyone is afraid to do. Wow. Planting a catalpa. Catalpas are the best. That goes a bit against your normal thing. It does. Uh, we, we say around here, but it's overplanted. It is. This is an underplanted tree. This is, correct. It's an underplanted tree. Great. Not to mention, when you do plant it, it is like stunningly good at doing growth. Like mm. it, it, you just, once it's there, you can top the heck out of them. Some of my favorites are underneath power lines and they just look so gnarly up the canopy and eh, not really good. It's been topped and hacked at to, for the power lines, but the lower trunks are just like beautiful. Yeah. So these trees I think are great. The, uh, the fact that the catalpa for me represents the the strategy of a tree as opposed to it being like uh, me and all of my like other trees we came from this one thing it's like nah i'm i mean 
I'm just like others in my family. I just kind of did this. Like, this is how I go about life. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice to think about them as not only being so beautiful, so good at what they do, so gorgeously underplanted, but I like the idea that you can also represent the Catalpa as this, this idea of everyone can go their own way. I just happen to be this. May I? You may. You can go your own way. Go your own way. Yeah. yeah, You can can. grow your own way. You can grow your own way. Alex, spectacular. (laughs) Get our trademark lawyer on the Uh, phone, Casey. uh, Yes. You can grow your own way merch coming soon. (laughs) Arbitrarypod.com slash merch. I think I'm going to give this a an 8.4 Golden Cones of That's Honor. That's great, Casey. I think it's a great treat. The flowers, stunning. Yeah. Look it up. If you see it happen, and you see it happen in relativity to another one, the first one that came out the, is our tree, Catalpa bignonoides. If it blooms later, that is a Catalpa speciosa. There you go. Now you got the clues. Good ID. Don't tell anyone. That is under the radar. Wow. Anyway, Alex, that's what I say. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you have a really... Never mind. I've already been hard enough on you calling out, not flaws, but just like personality it, yeah, quirks. Yeah, Casey-isms. You know? I was going to do it again, but I'm going to hold off. All right. You never have to, just to be clear. All right, I'll say it. You cannot help yourself. <laughs> what? You're so good at the, explaining things in this great narrative, and you have a perfect climax. Uh-huh. And you wrap it up nicely, and then you go, and I should say, and then some totally underwhelming thing right at the very end, totally undercutting your hard work. Dang it. Casey. Alex, this is why I have you to to cut my hard work where it needs to be. I do edit these episodes, yeah. You're the best. I'm not going to edit that one so that people can understand what I'm talking about. They can understand the hard work you go through every week. It just makes me laugh. And I don't mean this in an insulting way. You know, like when you see a dog do something really funny, you just love it so much. And you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) You were doing so good before that. Well, we just I, gave you a bath and you're rolling in the mud. <laughs> oh, I can't stay mad at you. I know. I okay. So this is yeah. I like that uh, that illusion. Also, yeah. It's like, well, here's Casey, beautiful and perfect, and then he just rolls in the mud. Yeah, Casey, I'm pretty much right there with you. Okay. The Catalpa for me, the big money here is that leaf. Yeah, love it, love it to death. I love a big ass leaf. Mm. Um. I think the flowers are gorgeous. Okay. I'm not much of a flower person. I, I can appreciate a flower. Yeah. Um, but I don't get excited about flowers the same way I get excited about cones. Oh. Uh, and this one doesn't make a cone, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my, you know, oh, thanks, Casey. There's a, a million sounds all started happening at once right out my apartment window. <laughs> so I'm going to treat the flowers as I would a cone in my grading and say okay. that they're okay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, they're pretty though. I'll say this: that specimen over by Montalupo, yeah, the Montalupo catalpa, yep, is like one of my favorite trees I've ever like gotten up close and personal with. Hundred percent. It's 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 grand. I mean, it's it's really grand, stately. Uh, and it is it is just like it tells a story. Mm-hmm. Just looking at it, I'm like, wow, this like this thing is this thing has like seen some things, and it's really like rich. Yeah, and um. There's a lot of there's a lot of depth to just looking at that tree. It brings up a lot of like thoughts and and uh, it kind of works on your imagination a little bit. You, you go, I wonder how this. Huh. That's a very good uh, perspective uh, for it. Thanks. Uh, and I, I, the leaves are so. I mean, just like um, maybe it's the fact that they're so big and they come in threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it looks so full and like a big just like pile of pillows you just want to like lay on it i don't know um beautiful i'm i'm pretty much right there with you i'm gonna bump it up for for rounding for a rounding error's sake i'm gonna say 8.5 golden cones of honor for the southern catalpa well done yeah well done catalpa what a tree uh what a tree um yeah, well-deserved, I think. I think so. Uh, mm. Well, this it's a nice way to end this conversation. Yeah. With a good tree that everyone's like, yeah, this tree rocks. Yeah, it's a good tree. Uh, we're not going to look any deeper into the idea of tree. Yeah. We're going to keep it there. That tree rocks. You know, I'm saying it here. I'm just, I I think, uh, I think all those cladists, mm. little cuckoo. Yeah, <laughs> Don't say it too loud. Casey, it's time for a completely arbitrary Q&A. All right. What do we got today, Alex? This question came in as we were recording hot off the presses. Wow. Everyone, hold on. This just in. Casey, this one's from Corey. Corey says, hello, completely arbitrators. I just listened to your Patreon episode about photosynthesis. Okay. And it left me with a question. It's my understanding that trees physically grow by absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and using the carbon atoms from that to build more biomass. So far, so so good? I, I think so, yeah. Is that basically correct? And if so, is that process considered part of photosynthesis or is it its own separate thing? Uh-huh. Well, the first thing we should say is, everyone, if you're curious what Corey's talking about, of course, join our Patreon. Yeah. And uh, you can hear that we did a, a What is Photosynthesis mm-hmm. um, edition. And so the broadest uh, the broadest way to say this, I believe it's abs- it is absolutely yes. So carbon is absorbed through the leaves in the uh, in the chloroplasts is where it kind of goes into. So the leaves take in carbon dioxide from the air through their stomatal pores in yeah. the bottom of the leaf. That leaf, that is is how it happens. So that carbon, CO2, is then ripped apart. The oxygen is taken off of it. Then the hydrogen from water, which is also ripped apart, is then put together to create essentially CH2O. And then that all create... Or, uh, yeah, CH, CH, no, CH2, CH, it comes off to big as sugar. Hold on. It makes, uh, oh, Casey is checking his chest tattoo yeah, of, what is, of what the is, photosynthesis. What does that say? I see CO2 plus H2O to yeah. CH2O, what's that last one? Oh, O2. Plus O2. There you go. That's it. So the, the that first CH2O kind of thing, uh-huh. that is essentially... Um, it's essentially a sugar. I think technically that's like formaldehyde or something like that. Interesting. That, that little chemical. Huh. Um, but you get big, long chains of these things. So it would be like C, uh, C6H12O14, oh. that kind of thing. So they're big, long chain molecules. Okay. Uh, is that like a complex, a simple sugar as opposed to like a uh, long, what's that called? Uh, starch. Oh, that's what, that would be the thing. So the the simple sugar would be the the cellulose and the um uh, well, glucose. Cir- circulose, glucose, yeah, that okay. kind of thing. And then the longer it gets, the more it becomes starchy. But also cellulose is is technically just a, a big long chain sugar when you're looking at the the technical like you know what it is. How about that? So the uh, that carbon comes directly from the air. So it sucks it out and then it breathes out oxygen. Breathes is of course not the right term, but that is what. It emits as a uh, byproduct of photosynthesis. 
And that is what builds biomass. If you are um, to put a tree in a pot and have that pot on a um, have that pot on a scale, and you're growing this tree in the pot, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and the scale starts registering more and more and more. It gets heavier and heavier mm. and heavier. Then you say, well, where is all this coming from? Is it taking it all from the soil and the physical soil that the tree is growing in is being absorbed into the tree? In which case, the scale, the, the plus of the scale would only be the, the physical mass of the, the soil and what comes from the air. Does this make sense? Yes. So if you are, if you have this contained system, then all of a sudden you can start asking questions like, well, how, how much soil is left at the end of this? So then let that tree grow for five years, pull that tree out, and then weigh all the tree biomass and weigh the soil and compare the soil amount that you started with to the soil amount you ended with. It will be strikingly similar mm. because the tree only takes certain nutrients in like a tiny amount in terms of weight of all the rest of the soil. Yeah. The rest of it is the soil is a place where it gets water and there's different nutrients that go through the fungus and that kind of thing into the tree. But the general mass of how that tree functions and like what becomes the bulk of a tree comes from the air. How about that? So that's why uh, we, we played a Jeopardy game a while back, and the question at the end was like, what's the best carbon capture mechanism that is that exists in this world? The answer is trees. Yeah. They do that. That is what they do. Trees aren't only not real, but if they were real, trees aren't real, <laughs> but if they were real, they would be made of air. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, so the answer is yes, that is a part of photosynthesis. Now, it would be considered its own thing in that photosynthesis has like multiple different like sections of it. And that is the that is the part that's like, well, photosynthesis is not one like reaction, but it's like, right. like take this, add photos or conduct photosynthesis, get this. There's like two different sections where photosynthesis is a is a larger process, not an exact chemical uh, chemical equation like what I show. Right. There's multiple different things that happen. It's not as simple quite as that. But photosynthesis is the Lord of the Rings, but it has within it three quote books yeah but it's still all one big tome excellent alex you know what i'm here i'm here for that sort of thing yeah you are so is everyone else <laughs> thank you so much for your question Corey. if you have a question about trees for casey email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com it's a-r-b-o-r-t-r-a-r-y pod join us on the old instagram at arbitrarypod or support this podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod Join the Arboretum for two bonus episodes a month about other related topics and trees or the Cone of the Month Club to get a unique die-cut cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist every single month in your mailbox. It's all very cool. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to review and rate it and give it a cone score on your podcast platform of choice. Casey. Alex Croson. I'm so happy that we got through this. I have to say, uh-huh. I've been wanting to bring up the this subject, these subjects that we did yeah. for a long time now, like almost a year ago. Wow, I think since I re- the beginning. I remember in May, I wanted to talk about this last year, uh-huh. and I workshopped it with Hannah, with you. Like I tried to see if I could explain it. I fell flat every time. I couldn't do it. This is growth, my man. This is growth. I feel good. But I, I have to say, like I read a whole book about it. I read some articles, wow. and I was like, okay. I think I can do this. Today's now. the day. Today's the day. So we did it, and I, I I hope that everyone else thought it was at least somewhat interesting. 
taxonomy in itself is not something you're like, I'm very interested. Usually, I don't know, I'm just saying. I, I kind of disagree, Casey. This, that The fact that you do makes me feel so good. Yeah, well, you presented it, these last two episodes on taxonomy, you presented it in a great way. Thank you. Uh, you're, a very, you're a very engaging storyteller, but I will also say... I am I am naturally interested in words and language, mm-hmm. which taxonomy essentially is. Yeah, uh, it's the language of categorizing nature. I yeah, guess kind of is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It, they were they were fascinating tales, and thus concludes our two parter on taxonomy. That is it. We'll come back sometime. And with that, we say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. Ciao. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 